listening to 30 Minute Expert. I'm Katie. And I'm Zach. Every episode, I challenge Zach to become an expert on a totally random topic. And if that's not hard enough, I only have 30 minutes to do it. We want to prove that no matter who you are, or how much education you have, with a little help from the internet, anyone can become an expert on any topic in the world. What's your favorite kind of cookie? Wow, I thought you'd have that more available, maybe, honestly. Maybe just an Oreo or a, a Oreo. Girl Scout Thin Mint. These are good picks. I was going more homemade, but but you're just being honest. These are your favorite cookies. Yeah, Snickerdoodles are good. Homemade chocolate chip. Uh, well, you know this. that what? I think oatmeal chocolate chip is highly underrated. Oatmeal chocolate chip, right. You say no one ever makes it, and they should. Mm-hmm. I agree. We'll make it. Okay. Okay. How are you feeling today? Excellent. Honestly, I feel better than I ever have. Good. Because being in good health will be an asset when you're researching this topic. Ooh, why? Because Am it... I going to vomit? No. Okay. You're not going to vomit. It's penicillin. Okay. I just figured... <laughs> It was a good opener. <laughs> yeah. No, that was beautiful. Yeah. Look into the history of it. I know there's a cool story of how it came about. I think it's another one of those happy accident stories. Mm, okay. Yeah. I don't know anything about it. Really? Mm-mm. Oh, awesome. I mean, I, I know that it was very revolutionary and that it mm-hmm. saved tons of lives. And, and continues to. Yeah. Yeah. Continues to. Um, but I don't... That's That's it. I mean, that's... Cool. That's nothing. You're not usually this blank of a slate. Yeah, I really am. I'm going in blind. Cool. This will be a fun experience. I'm going to come back uh, an absolute expert on penicillin. Absolute. Yep. The the premier expert on penicillin. My opinion will probably be sought worldwide, Cited I would imagine. in scientific journals yeah. internationally. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Well... I thought you were changing sought to cited, and I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, all right. You ready? Yep. Buckle up, world. I got this. Penicillin. You look happy. Well, Do you feel good? Are you cured of your ailments? Yeah. I mean, I didn't have any to begin with. Let's just make that clear. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm feeling good. Great. I think I, uh, I think I got a lot here. There's a lot to cover. But it wasn't as bad as I was expecting. I thought it was going to be extremely science heavy in yeah. the science that I did, you know, bring upon myself. I, f- I feel like I did a pretty good job of, good. of I'm going to put it in layman's terms in a way that I understood it um, that I think will be pretty easy to understand. Good. Yeah. yeah. I I know you, you, you seem to tend to get a little nervous when it's a science-y topic. Not my strong suit. Well, you say it's not, but you always do a great job, so... Well, thank you. We'll see. Thank you. Maybe you'll become more comfortable as time goes on. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure I will if I if I keep on, if I keep up on my studies and, mm-hmm. and make good marks. Yeah. Yep, exactly. <laughs> all right, so let's do it. Okay. Tell me. Okay, so... First pen- of all, was I right about the happy accident thing? Sorry, I really stepped on your intro. No, that's all right. I didn't have much of an intro planned, okay. so <laughs> thank you. You actually saved me. Mm. Yeah, you were right. Woo. It was a happy accident. Very it happy. It was discovered, um, a, you know, basically by mistake. So, 
We'll start at the top. Uh, penicillin is an antibiotic and that kills Beautiful. bacteria, which is really helpful if you're trying to treat a bacterial infection. Yeah. Which are very common. Yeah. That can come from, you know, that can be strep throat, that can be getting a cut anywhere on your body that gets infected from bacteria on the outside of your body. Mm. All of that sort of thing. None of it's good, I think we no. can both agree. Well, of course, there is good bacteria in your guts. The, there are microbiome. That's true. What have you. But we're talking about the bad bacteria that makes you sick, and we had no way to get rid of it, and now we do. Yeah. It was pretty gross back then. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, back when? When are we? Um, anytime pre the invention or discovery, rather, of penicillin, which happened in 1928. Wow, so anytime that's recent. Yeah. That's within the last hundred years. Yeah, it was more recent than I thought, too. But I'm just talking about going, I mean, any time in history before modern medicine, there was just really bad hygiene and mm. little to no sanitation of tools, even, you know, in the 1800s, things like that. Um, they did their best, but they did not know right. anywhere close to what they know now in terms of sanitation. Mm. So that minor cut, scrape. That can get really infected, and it wasn't all that rare for something as minor as that to kill somebody Ooh, when yeah. that infection progresses. You know, they didn't know what to do to stop right. it. And that's a big uh, problem, yeah, obviously. Yeah, that's a real bummer. <laughs> so the importance of sanitation had been realized, but infections were still an issue when they did occur. Mm. Penicillin is a mold. Oh, It's a nice. type of... Uh, I'm sorry, not penicillin. Okay, I'm going to correct that. Penicillium is a type of mold, a known mold. And starting, Everyone knew this mold. He was out and about. He had friends. We were aware of him. You'd see him at the local pubs. Mm -hmm. He was oftentimes just standing on the corner smoking a cigarette. I'm having a thought. Is this, does this have anything to do with blue cheese? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay, no. Great. That must be a joke in my world or something about, like, you can get penicillin just from blue cheese. Do you know what I'm talking about at all? Because it sounds mold. kind of familiar, but yeah, maybe it's maybe it is a joke that people say. <laughs> it's obviously not very funny. Uh, all okay. right, strike that. Don't look for penicillin in blue cheese. Go on. Yeah, please don't. Starting in the late 1800s, scientists and doctors were trying to figure out a way to use penicillium in treatment. They knew that it had the potential to thwart bacteria, but they didn't understand how. Okay. So that was kind of a, a roadblock for them. Yeah. The story goes that in 1928, a Scottish doctor named Alexander Fleming was working. And I, I said the story goes. I believe this is all true. Hopefully. Otherwise, why are you this telling This is all true. I don't know why I'm even saying <laughs> that. This is totally true. Uh, Scottish doctor Alexander Fleming was working in a lab in St. Mary's Hospital in London. Mm -hmm. And I guess he was a real slob. He must have been a oh, terrible yeah. roommate because he left for vacation without cleaning up his dang lab. Wow. And he's a doctor. I know. Come on now. Come on, dog. So he returns from his vacation. Mm -hmm. I think he went to Reno. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> he finds a Petri dish containing a sample of staphylococci mm -hmm. that was left sitting near an open window. And that's what I'm saying. This guy's pretty gross he's just leaving 
staff laying around while he goes on yeah. his trip? It doesn't seem like good practice. What's he thinking? No. See, I told you, they didn't care at all about hygiene or sanitation back then. No. So he comes back, and there's a bluish-green mold that has formed in, in the dish. With... And you're sure it's not blue cheese? <laughs> I'm positive. I swear. It's not no, blue cheese. sorry. I'm going to drop that. Although okay. I wouldn't put it past this guy. He leaves everything lying everywhere. <laughs> okay. So interestingly, there's a kind of ring around the mold where the bacteria from the staphylococci, which I didn't verify this, but I'm assuming is staph, like a staph infection, that mm-hmm. same bacteria. There's a, a halo around this mold where the bacteria hadn't spread. So he oh. looked at that and he, Fleming realizes that the mold inhibited the growth of the bacteria. Mm-hmm. So he took a culture of a sample of the mold and verified that it was in fact penicillium. And that's when he coined the term penicillin. Mm. And he decided that that would make a very useful antibacterial medicine. Yeah. So Alexander Fleming's a little bit of an outsider. He's not the most outgoing guy. He's a pretty bad speaker. He doesn't, you know, nothing against him. He just maybe doesn't have a ton of uh, social skills. He's not really good at getting people on his side or interested in what he's working on. Okay. So he had people he had trouble getting people to buy into this new idea he had. He writes a paper, submits it to the Medical Research Club of London, but still nobody really mm. cares. He doesn't have the connections he needs to really get people listening to him. People are like, "Oh, it's Fleming again. He just got back from Reno. You can't trust anything he says." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think more so than even the connections because I'm sure the connection, the potential for the connections w- were there, but mm-hmm. he wasn't good enough at explaining himself and yeah. getting people excited about what he was working on. So he continues to conduct his own tests because he really sees the potential in it. All on his own, he determines that it's safe on humans. He determines that it's, uh, sorry, safe on animals, then determines that it's non toxic to humans as well. Probably a good order to go in. Yeah, I would mm-hmm. start with the animals, no yeah. offense. I know, poor animals, but gotta start somewhere got to he tests its resistance to ph and heat and all the while he's refining it and strengthening the compound and he is eventually you know with all of this work behind him able to get some doctors on his side who begin testing penicillin on patients Mm -hmm. so through the 30s the 1930s there's a doctor i didn't write down his first name i think it was his middle name was george i remember that So let's make him... Blank George Cecil. Dr. Blank George Cecil. Uh Oh, maybe his name was Cecil Payne, actually. Yeah. Let's go with Dr. Cecil George Payne. He he successfully cured an infant's eye infection using penicillin. Wow. There's there's an eye infection that infants can get um, through birth... It kind of mm. like it's a little, a little crusty around their eyelids. I don't think it was lethal or any mm-hmm. deadly, I should say, right. but it was you know a problem. Yeah, he cured it with penicillin. Wow, and he also used it to treat other infections on infants and adults, and was mostly successful. Not a hundred percent, but there was showing real promise there. Mm-hmm. Then in nineteen, so that's all through the thirties. Then in nineteen forty, an Australian doctor named Howard Florey really pushed it along. He started treating infections in mice. That proved to work out just fine. He treated an infection in a police officer. I <laughs> Go straight from mice to police officers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty weird. Uh, he treated an, an infection in a police officer. 
and his condition improved, but unfortunately, and this is really sad, they ran out of the medication. They ran out of penicillin? Because it, was, it wasn't it was so in production new. yet. Yeah. They were still just kind of trial runs. Wow. They were, he was getting better, and then they ran out, and unfortunately, he died. But the medicine is proven at that point. Mm-hmm. And soon after that, it goes into mass production, I believe 1942. Wow, this is really late. Later than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, same. I thought it was more like 1890s, would have been my yeah. guess. I think everything happened in the 1890s in my brain. That was a hot decade. Yeah, it was. Great. So where are we? 1942? 1942. <laughs> the United States is super interested in mass production because mm. World War II is happening. Oh, and yeah. they need that stuff. Yeah. They had a bit of a rough start with the mass production of it, but eventually it did get off the ground. And this is crazy, but they found, I guess they're testing different strains of this mold to try to find the strongest right. strongest strain, I guess. Okay. And the best one they found came from the mold on a melon at a fruit market in Illinois, Peoria, Illinois. What? I know, isn't that nuts? Like, how? Who is going around collecting the melons? I know, were they just testing everything were they just sending people out to everyone's garbage and compost and being like if you see something that looks moldy grab it bring it on in how how did maybe there's a about? version of this story where that mold is in blue cheese and that's why you think it's blue cheese i'm pretty yep mm-hmm. i say skip the blue cheese just eat a moldy melon if you're really in need of <laughs> apparently that's where you're gonna get the best stuff you yeah, know fighting off some bacteria don't do that actually no don't do it by the end of the war the u so this stuff is really important in world war ii mm-hmm. they're they're making it they're shipping it and all over the world and it's really it working yeah mm-hmm. it's helping soldiers recover from these what would be deadly infections right. a lot faster than they ever have before wow which is obviously super important yes by the end of the war the u.s manufacturers are producing over 500 billion units of penicillin a year wow now i'm not exactly sure if a unit is at one dose or not? Because 500 billion seems like so many. Yeah, I guess. What was the Earth's population at that point? I mean, it couldn't have been more than 4 billion, Probably. 5 billion maybe. Uh, yeah, so 500 know, billion but... a year seems like way more than you would ever need. But maybe not. I don't know. Or maybe a, a unit, like I said, 500 billion units. Maybe a unit is less than one dose, mm. something mm-hmm. like that. So still those, a big number. Still a big number. So that Australian doctor, uh, Howard Florey, he... One of his uh, researchers named uh, Dr. Chain and then Alexander Fleming, the guy who discovered penicillin, mm-hmm. they all shared the Nobel Prize for Medicine in 1945. Oh. So, that was the, I mean, I don't know much about Nobel Prizes, but that seems like a pretty quick recognition, right? Yeah. From well, really, like, first proving its worth in 1940 to them getting the Nobel Prize in 1945. Yeah. I guess, well, Fleming, when did he discover it? That was back in... 1928. Yeah. So... It had some time to kind of percolate around the around the globe. People figure out what it's up to. I That's bet true. the fact that it was saving people in World War II was huge. You got to yeah. recognize those guys for that. I, I guess I picture Nobel prizes as more of like lifetime achievement awards at the Grammys. You know, where they no. don't give it to you until like <laughs> forty years after your career has peaked. Yeah, no, I think they're they are. I'm I don't know for sure, but my sense is that they are to to commemorate something at, that just happened. Because that, that is actually how it happens all the time. When people discover things, then they get the prize. I when they write it. about it, at least, and tell people. 
You right. can't just discover it in your bedroom and expect them to find out. You've got to do some. You work. can't keep it a secret and then no. like secretly tune into the radio and wait for your name to be you called go, as the winner. <gasps> I won. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to get into how it works. And Let's do it. There are several types of penicillin. It's kind of used generically for all treatments that contain the chemical structure beta lactam. Okay. Which is, I guess, like the if you will, main ingredient of mm-hmm. this penicillin. So there's penicillin G, which can be taken... Inter- the OG. <laughs> Maybe not. I don't know. Nice. Was it first? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually. I'm pretty sure that one was the first one. Great. Penicillin G, that can be taken intravenously or intramuscularly, meaning injected directly into your muscle. Ooh. Penicillin V, which is taken orally. Okay. Penic- which I think is probably the most... Well, if you're going to the pharmacy, that's what you're getting mm-hmm. today. If you're in the hospital for an infection, you're probably getting it intravenously or, you know, intramuscularly. Um, and then benth- sorry, benthazine penicillin G, which is also taken intramuscularly, but benthazine is a stabilizer that slows the release. Mm. And then there was another one that was also kind of a slow release that I think stayed in your system for a couple of weeks. But what I'm getting at is there are multiple types of penicillin, but it is used kind of as a general term Mm -hmm. for anything containing this Mm beta-lactam. What happens is the penicillin prevents the bacteria's cell walls from rebuilding, resulting in the Mm. death of the bacteria. Yeah. So it's almost like, this is the way I pictured it. It's like a bomb squad. Okay. The The penicillin is the bomb squad. Uh So it goes into your body. The penicillin breaches the outer membrane of the bacteria cell Mm -hmm. and then it works its way down through another like middle membrane where it attaches to a protein on another membrane not quite like the core of the cell Mm -hmm. but the innermost of the outer layers of the cell Mm -hmm. attaches to that protein and that activates the penicillin's antibiotic which this is all so crazy to me when i'm researching this i'm like am i understanding this correctly because this doesn't (laughs) seem real this seems fake it's it's insane Mm -hmm. so it goes in there attaches to that protein that activates the antibiotic the penicillin then retreats back to the outer membranes of the cell and attacks the enzymes disrupting the amino acid chains that make up the structure of the cell wall okay at that point the weakened walls collapse on themselves killing the bacteria so almost picture it like if you had a balloon Mm -hmm. the penicillin is like wearing away at the side of the balloon sanding it down making that part thinner and thinner and thinner until eventually that balloon's gonna pop and then there's no more balloon after that right yeah it's just done Mm -hmm. and if you have a million balloons and you just wear down all their skins and they all pop no more balloon infestation in your house yeah, I saw a video of this online, which, it, you know, obviously it's under a microscope, and you see the bacteria, and they literally are popping. No way. I it's hard. I mean, you're looking at it through a microscope, and right. they're so tiny, so popping is the way right, like, I'm right. kind of translating it, but, but it's like they just kind of fizzle away. They, wow. it's There's a little squiggly, like, long oval bacteria that you can see just like vaporize more or less wow. it's really cool that is so it really completely cool. wipes it out i don't know i thought i did a great job on that science i agree 
yeah, I made love me the understand bomb squad, it. Uh, the bomb squad, the balloon, the visualization. Yeah, and you know what? I always think that's what you that you and I. That's as deep as we need to go. Mm-hmm. You, we don't need to go deeper than that. If if this has inspired one of you out there, by all means, go deeper. Figure it out. Discover the next penicillin, please. We're not going to do that. We're just going to tell you about bomb squads and balloons and move on. Yeah, I could have <laughs> left it at it. It uh, prevents the bacteria's cell wall from rebuilding. So yeah. you should be happy that I even went into any further detail. Yes. You should be thrilled. We're expecting applause right now. All right, we'll insert applause here. I don't know how to do that. Great. Great. Wrapping up now. Mm-hmm. Penicillin is extremely safe. Oh, how nice. I know. Less than 1% of patients experience side effects. They can be on the milder side, like <clears throat> diarrhea oh. or a rash. And okay. then they can be more severe, like neurotoxicity. <laughs> that or, sounds bad. Yeah. Well, I don't if want you think that, that sounds bad, the other side effect is a super infection. <laughs> I didn't even look that up. I don't want that in my search history. I don't want the visual. <laughs> Sounds bad. Okay. But it's not all good news when it comes to penicillin. Of Aww. course, it's great. We all love it. it treats do. pneumonia, strep throat, meningitis, These syphilis, all... gonorrhea. Oh, bad ones. Nothing you want. No. But it's commonly known among doctors that bacteria are becoming wise and mm. they're becoming resistant to penicillin. And this is attributed to overuse of the antibiotic and misuse of it you know prescribing it when it's maybe not really needed and just Mm -hmm. giving this bacteria a chance to bulk up against it yeah so it will most likely become obsolete eventually eventually yeah hopefully not super soon well it's just it's person to person so it's not like you can't say super soon i'm Mm. sure you know it's gonna work for some people forever probably or maybe not forever but It'll work for some people long after it stopped working for others. Yeah. I guess it depends how much you're using it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if it's like enough that in your lifetime you can become resistant to it or if well, it's it just as you? bacteria changes over or, time. Yeah, it's about the bacteria, right? And the bacteria that's out there. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I mentioned I didn't go too deep on the science on this one. <laughs> <laughs> I apologize. I'm really prodding you. No, that's okay. But we're going to be fine because there's going to be another Dr. Alexander Fleming and somebody's going to come up with with something even better. Yeah, Penicillin the sequel. Cool. Anything else? Dunzo. That's it? That's it. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No. Have you ever taken penicillin? Uh, I think so. I've definitely had my share of infections. So I'm sure I've taken penicillin. No, I've had like uh, walking pneumonia and I I think I've had strep throat and I've had other, um, you know, like like being bit by a spider and that gets, you know, swollen. Like that's all happened and I've taken antibiotics. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure penicillin has been in the mix one way or another. All right, cool. I think... Have you? I don't know. I mean, again, I'm sure I, like you, I'm sure that I have. Uh, I, my pediatrician growing up was actually pretty averse to prescribing antibiotics for the exact reason that you're talking about. Cause I think she was already pretty hip to the idea that, um, it's not, not a great practice to prescribe them all the time. Mm. Uh, so I didn't take a ton of antibiotics growing up, but I'm sure I had it here and there. And I know that penicillin, uh, you didn't talk about this, but how doctors always ask you if you're allergic to it and, 
I don't think I'm allergic to it. So, so for some reason, I think I'm cool with it. You probably are. You'd be in a very small minority of people who are allergic. Like I said, it's less than 1% who have any side effect. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure in a lot of cases, the side effect the side effects aren't severe enough to not take the right, drug. Right. If you have a horrible infection yeah, and the side effect is some diarrhea, you'll probably take it. Yeah. I would. Same. Yeah. Cool. I don't mind diarrhea, actually, so I would right. take this anytime. Okay. <laughs> That's probably enough. Okay. All right. <laughs> Good work. That Thank was you. awesome. I loved it. Thanks. I love the story. It's a good story. Yeah. It is a good story. And a great thing for society. Kind and for the whole it. world. Yeah. The society of the world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Forgot the society is the whole world. Uh, penicillin. 30 minutes. You can learn everything. Hey, less than 30 minutes. Look, we're 26. Not yeah, even. But you studied for 30 minutes. Oh, right. Point. Yeah. 30 minutes is all you need to know everything about penicillin. That's for sure. Do your own research. <laughs> Great work. Okay. Are we done? Yep. Great. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at 30 Minute Expert Podcast, where you can see cool photos of all the things we talked about today. And send us suggestions for future episodes. Also, if you're a real-life expert on one of the topics we covered, write to us and let us know what we missed. You can email us at 30MinuteExpertPodcast, that's 30MinuteExpertPodcast at gmail.com. If it's something especially interesting, maybe we'll read it on the show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe. And if you're really enjoying it, write a review. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it. Bye-bye. Bye.